Thank you, gentlemen. Glaciers are melting on both poles. We've seen the pictures. Record droughts that have taken place in places that normally do not have droughts down south around Atlanta. Record amounts of snow that this year they're measuring in feet instead of inches. Do you know how blessed we are to live here in Southern California? We complain when it gets down to 32 degrees, but when it gets down to 32 below, which it has in many places, record lows of temperatures. Tornadoes. Do you know they say that since the beginning of this year, in January 1st of 2008 until right now, there have been more recorded tornadoes during this time period than ever in recorded history. What's going on? Some scientists from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change tells us it all has to do with global warming. We've heard that. That's where the Earth's average temperature near the surface of the Earth has risen almost 1.33 degrees all over the entire globe over the past 100 years. And that's causing the effects of, of a greenhouse effect that's melting our polar ice caps, causing our oceans to rise, changing the amount of particip- uh, precipitation either by drought in some areas or by flooding in other areas, which is happening right now. And yet in that same agency, the same group of scientists that are meeting together, there's a group of them that says, no, it's not global warming, it's global cooling. It's the cooling of the Earth's atmosphere, the surface, That's causing a lot of the disasters that are taking place. And they claim that the earth is cooling by 1.3 degrees. Somebody's right, someone's wrong. Just last year, the World Meteorological Organization predicted from the studies of, of the patterns of weather around the world that there will be a huge increase in tidal waves, floods, and hurricanes within the next few years. One of the studies they said that they made, they, they looked at the weather patterns in Russia and the number of damaging weather incidents. This is weather uh, storms that happened that have caused major damage is actually logging in at an average of one disaster every day in Russia. And they've never had it that way before. This same organization also claims that there is a 6% increase in natural disasters around the entire world that's causing huge damages and loss of numerous lives. So what's going on? Is it global warming or is it global cooling? 
I think maybe we need to turn to Bible for the answers instead of the scientists. Let's take a look at Psalm 146. Let's look at a few texts of what the Bible has to say about our God. Psalm 148, beginning with verse 4. This psalm is a praise psalm. Psalm 148, beginning with verse 4. Praise Him, that's praise God, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, fulfilling His word. Well, according to this psalm, these things that are happening, the rain and the wind and, and all of these things, God created, but He not only created, which is worthy of His praise, but in verse 8 it says the, these weather phenomena are actually fulfilling God's Word. It's a way of revealing to the earth something about God and His purpose. Well, let's look at another psalm, Psalm 107. Psalm 107, beginning with verse 23. Psalm 107, beginning with verse 23. Those who go down to the sea in ships, we're talking about the sailors now, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep, for He commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths, their soul melts because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble and He brings them out of their distress. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. God not only created the earth and its atmosphere, but he also rules the weather. He's in total control of what goes on in the world. And the sailors realize that the winds that come up can be from God, and the calm that comes is from God as well too. Amos tells us in chapter 4 verse 13 that God forms the mountains, and then Job tells us in chapter 9, verse 5, that God is the one that can remove the same mountains. How are mountains form? Earthquakes, the changing of the earth's plates, thrusting one up higher than the other, also volcanic action. And it says that God is the one that creates these things. 
Speaking about God again, look what it says in Psalm 18 and verse 7. Psalm 18 and verse 7. Psalm 18, verse 7. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he, and it's referring to God, is angry. Who caused the earthquakes? Who caused the world to shake? It's because of our God. Take a look at at Amos now. Amos. I had a lady I was giving Bible studies to. Remember I told you about how she remembered Malachi. She always called it malarkey. And uh, Amos, she always, to remember Amos, she remembered Amos and Andy of the radio years. Amos chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Amos chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Also I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities and the lack of bread in your places, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I also withheld rain from you, that's the drought, when there were still three months to the harvest. I made it rain on one city, I withheld rain from another city, One part was rained upon, and where it did not rain, the part withered. So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. So on the weather, sometimes you have rain here, sometimes you don't have rain. There's a drought here, sometimes there isn't. God is in charge of the weather. And notice why. To get the people to return to Him. That's that's His purpose. That's kind of interesting. He uses the weather to get their attention. Turn with me to the book of Jonah. Book of Jonah, chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1. Familiar with the story. We, we share it all the time in our, in our Sabbath school. But with this idea that God is in control of the weather, take a look how He uses it. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. He went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. Who sent it out? The Lord. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had laid down and was fast asleep. 
So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come up upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And, and of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out, to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do, do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. All right, we know the story. We're familiar with it. We found out that God is the one that is in control of the weather and that the weather played a major part in this situation. And did you notice that when these heathen sailors prayed to their gods, it didn't do a bit of good. But after finding out about the God that Jonah worshipped and after throwing him into the water as instructed, Immediately the storm ceased. What did the heathen sailors do next? They offered a sacrifice to whom? The Lord who is in control of the weather. It was an attention getter, not only for those heathen sailors, but it was also an attention getter for Jonah. To realize you can't hide from me. The weather was used to wake up both groups of people. Jonah and the sailors. Gene read in the scripture reading about another storm that took place when Jesus was in the boat and his, his disciples were in the boat and as they were going out onto the sea, the winds came up. And they tried frantically to bail out the water and they tried to row and they tried to do the best they could, but they couldn't fight against this storm. This storm was a major storm and they were afraid for their lives. And so they woke up Jesus. They couldn't believe that he was there and sleeping and then they said, you know, what are we going to do? What's going to take place? We're afraid for our lives. Before Jesus calmed the storm, what did he say? They were lacking in faith. 
That storm was a wake-up call for the believers in Jesus to, to, to know that they had to have faith in Him. And then He cried out to the storm, Peace be still, and instantly the storm quit. Who's in control of the storm? We've got a God that's in control. The disciples had very little faith in Christ in the midst of the storm. So this storm called their attention to the power of God who's in total control of all elements. The weather was used to wake up the disciples of God. The weather was used to wake up Jonah from the fact that you can't hide from God. The weather was used to wake up the heathen sailors that there is a God who is in control. And remember we said that Amos had said God controls the weather to get the people to return to God. Just before the exodus from, from Egypt, God used ten plagues to reveal to the Egyptians and to the people of God that He's in total control of, of nature and all its elements. It's interesting in the book Prophets and Kings, page 267, where it says this, the land of Goshen alone was spared. That's where God's people were. They didn't get hit with all the plagues. It was demonstrated to the Egyptians that the earth is under the control of the living God, that the elements obey His voice, and that the only safety is in obedience to Him. It was a wake-up call to the Egyptians. Revelation 8 and 9 speaks of other plagues that are going to hit at the end of time. And in the same book, Prophets and Kings, page 277, it says this. Comment, this is the comment about the this end time plagues. The time is at hand when there will be sorrow in the world that no human balm can heal. The Spirit of God is being withdrawn. Disasters by sea and by land follow one another in quick succession. How frequently we hear of earthquakes and tornadoes, of destruction by fire and flood with great loss of life and property. Isn't that what's happening today? Apparently, she says, these calamities are capricious outbreaks of disorganized, unregulated forces of nature wholly beyond the control of man. But in them... All God's purpose may be read. They are among the agencies, that's the weather, they are among the agencies by which He, God, seeks to arouse men and women to the sense of their danger. Is it global warming or global cooling? Or is it a global God? It's God trying to wake up His people and trying to wake up the rest of the world. We're living in a time when a call from heaven is being declared. Wake up, all of you. The bridegroom is coming. Jesus used it in a parable. If you turn to Matthew, Matthew 25. Matthew 25, beginning with verse 1. Jesus is speaking, he's teaching his parable. 
Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in the vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. That's what's happening in our weather today. God is using it to be able to say, the bridegroom is just about to come. Now they still don't know quite when it is he's going to be there, they just know that he's on his way. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to, to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. Those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Look at the two groups of people. There were those who were ready and those who were not. They both were awakened, both groups. The bridegroom is coming. It is obvious he's on his way. Something needs to be done. It's waking up both sides and saying, you've got to be ready. And those who were ready with the Spirit of God was ready to meet the bridegroom. Those who were not ready or who went through the same awakening time were left amiss and did not enter into the bride chamber, into the, the bridal chamber of the bride and the groom. Brothers and sisters, we're going through the wake-up period in this earth's history. We are coming to a point that Jesus is just about to come. And He's trying to wake up the whole world and say, you've got to do something about this. Those of you that believe in Me, you need to wake up and to get ready. You need to begin to rely upon faith. The only way that you're going to get through the storm is by faith in Jesus Christ. Those who do not have the faith will not make it through. They're not going to understand. They know that something is going to happen, but they don't quite know what it is. Are you ready? Because the bridegroom is just about to come. The warning is going out. It's time that we as a church should wake up. We don't know quite the hour He will come, but we know that it is soon and we need to be ready. Hymn number 604. stand as we sing hymn number 604.
just the evidence that the bridegroom is coming. It's time to wake up. It's time that we be filled with the oil in our lamps of the Holy Spirit. Changes need to be made. We need those changes now. We need to be ready for Jesus' soon coming. Not only for ourselves, we need to be able to reach out to others and to help them to wake up and to see that our faith needs to be in the Lord and that He is in control right now. And if this weather is the way that it is because of the Lord, then His second coming is soon to be here as well too. We just want to thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> 